1: Okay, welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. Kyle Porter here with Mark Embleman. Mark, last time we talked, you were um, your your college golf team was contending in an event, and uh, you were taking a break to to mm-hmm. do some uh, some media work with me. How how did they end up in that event? Did they know you were gone, and and how did uh, how did they perform without you?
2: I think they knew I was gone. I was uh, uh, you know 30 minutes with with five guys playing. well, in fact it was four because our number three guy went down before the uh, final round with a neck spasm. so mm. playing four against everyone else's five. Um, so 30 minutes I can skip away because you know there's five guys you' gonna see. So I think they knew I was away. Maybe they listened to the podcast and they like <laughs> but they played well. I mean four guys, we shot uh, one over part 289 in the final round finished fifth uh, against a field that had four of the top five teams in the nation competing. So, uh, wow, I, yeah, I was content. I mean, we could have done better. We, um, we were young and we we're good. But but I was w- uh, proud of the way they hung in given the, the adversity they had to deal with.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, speaking of young and good, Cameron Champ, Safeway mm. Open. Mm. Uh, really a, a cool story that kind of emerged and, and one that – I don't know. I got to say, I didn't really see it coming just in terms of the way he's played since he won uh, this time last year. I guess a little bit later, but about uh, 11 months ago when he won for the first time, um, you you were on the Safeway open call for the first few days. Uh, The way it kind of transpired on the weekend. I I mean, this is one of the you know, it's it's a little different because it's the fall. You can't really call it a story of the year, but it, it was one of the. I think, cooler moments of the year uh, that took place in Napa.
2: It certainly was. I actually tweeted about this this morning when I just was going over some notes and kind of catching up a little bit before work. And and I I tweeted that everything about this Cameron Champ victory was what makes golf great. Uh, you know, he has a young guy that won in the fall last year. The, golf, the game sort of went sour with this influx of media tension and, and all of the off-course demands that were suddenly placed on a, a very humble, very modest guy, and so he didn't deal with that very well, but, you know, he went back to the drawing board, figured it out, and, and came back and played well in his first event down in the Sanderson Farms Championship, I think was just outside the top 25 there, and then here in Napa, yeah, he's commuting back and forth from from home because of his ailing um, grandfather, and... and and to pull, and to win, that's so difficult. And to win with all that emotion, I mean, the way he broke down and just absolutely sobbed on the shoulder of his caddy on the final green, it speaks to how much this stuff means. Because I think sometimes we numb ourselves to the fact that this is a big deal. You know, as a fans, we're like, oh, well, so some dude won and he hasn't won enough. This is a big deal. And when someone says, and this is Cameron Champ sort of um, summarized, he's like, this may be the biggest victory of my career, going forward even. When someone summarizes it like that, then you know. You know what's gone into it. You know the blood, sweat, and tears of it all, and obviously the emotion of this could potentially be the last time his his grandfather Mac um, might see him play. And so it it was just so great, And, and I was moved by the victory, honestly.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great also, and to get into the Masters to to call that kind of the last gift to give to his grandfather who who helped teach him the game. I mean, that's a, I don't know, man, that's a that's a pretty cool deal. And and the way he did it, I thought was impressive too. You know, I, I think if you look back at uh, Sanderson where he won last year, I I, I want to say he was like top three in that field in putting, and this week he wasn't. He he did it with ball striking, which is what. He's got to do if he if he's gonna win consistently on the PJ Tour. He's number one in driving, obviously, uh, but then number one I, I think he's number one from Tita to green as well. And I think he finished like twentieth in putting. That's that's a formula for Cam Champ. And um, you know I, I think it it's it's such a weird deal because you're like, well, where was this like for the last twelve months? And, and I think that there's probably been just some ups and downs that are that are more normal than uh we sometimes see like we don't know what's going on we don't know what the day-to-day is like we don't know what injuries are or are not there and and so to do it twice in two years i I think that really um i don't know i'm pretty impressed by that and that gives me a I'm, i'm looking at him through different lenses i think going forward
2: we'll check this out um I, I've said this before, you've heard me probably ad nauseum about this, where the golf swing is, it, 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 there's this invisible effect on the swing, and it's affected by one's emotions and one's psyche and, and, and those sort of immeasurables, if you will. And, and just, you talk about the ball striking. Yes, Adam Hadwin making a big run, because he had played with, um, champ that is, played with a big lead the entire day. All of a sudden that gap was narrowed to one. And he gets down there on 18, this par five. And i got to tell you, it's single file down there. I mean, that's a narrow fairway with trouble down the left in those redwoods and then bunkering on the right. Hit them in either one, and you're likely making five par. And he gets down there and blasts one like 380 yards or whatever it was, basically hits a medium iron into this par five and records the victory with a closing birdie. So it's a testament to the boys' metal, uh, to the focus. And when you get up and you deliver like that under pressure, you know, when it's the highest of pressure, that is a big deal for any golfer, albeit a young golfer in this case, to say, man, I can do this when the pressure is up. And he can take that, those two strikes down the final hole with him for as long as he lives.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, And like you said, he he called this. Uh probably the, the greatest moment or, or the most important victory uh of his career no matter what he does or doesn't do going forward. So big win for him. Uh on the other side of the pond we had Victor Perez won the Dunhill Lynx uh over at the old course at St. Andrews. My first response to seeing that Victor Perez won the Dunhill Lynx was wait, who? <laughs> yeah, heck uh exactly. he uh, he's a Frenchman who lives in Scotland and played golf at New Mexico, which is uh not something that I saw coming. It's a yeah, what, what uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this? He held off Matthew Southgate by one stroke. He beat a, a field that included Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose. The, those guys are all on the field, and it's a, it's a cool tournament. You know, it's, it's uh, Kingsbarns, it's Carnoustie, and then it's the old course a couple of times uh, with uh, amateurs involved. Justin Timberlake was there. Uh, Rory got to play with his dad they tied
2: for first Uh,
1: but just takeaways from from uh, the first European tour win for Victor Perez
2: well uh, he was anyone going to college and this is not the college coaching Homer in me okay I mean if you play well in university you've got some game I don't care what your name is and and playing at New Mexico obviously honed his skills in 2014 he played in the Eisenhower for France Um, and the Eisenhower is a big event for amateurs and he finished second there behind a dude called John Rahm okay so mm-hmm. in this boy Perez can go and then for the young golfer coming out it's just oftentimes you know getting your chance and Yeri he comes down the final stretch of holes there at the old course I mean think of the emotion of this the weather's not great uh, just by the by. and 17 is probably the hardest par four in the world and it's got all this history behind it and uh He gets up there, smashes one down the fairway, hits it on the green in regulation, which if you do that, you should get a free game because that green is the size of my living room. (laughs) And and then two putts for four to get the one-stroke lead, and then think about this. You're playing for your victory, you're playing Southgate's right alongside, and then you make a par four on the final hole at the home of golf to win your first victory. I mean, that's the stuff of which dreams are made, okay? Especially for a young European, and and he he's been around the block, played good in college, went to the challenge tour, you know, made his way through the challenge tour, finishing third over there, and then got on the European tour and has steadily progressed and now a couple of victories as uh, as a challenge tour player and now one on the European tour. Man, what a cool story.
1: Yeah, it is, and you know he was kind of asked about the future uh, of his game and and what his schedule is going to be like and stuff like that uh, in his press conference. And he was like, look, I want to enjoy this. Like, how often do you get to shoot 22 under at the old course and, and Carnoustie and in and an event like this? That's He was like, that's a big deal. Like, that's an important thing for me. Um, so, yeah, he's up to number, I think, 72 in the world. Yeah, he's number 72. Cameron and Champ.
2: Get, and just a blink of an eye, incidentally, with that 72, just a little bit from getting in the World Golf Championships events. And then all of a sudden, it's a whole new world. So yeah. I mean, what, sort of, what kind of victory is this? And then here's a guy with lots of confidence. There's still a few events in the European Tour schedule this year. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he gets himself inside of the top 60 by year's end.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and Cameron Champ also in the top 70. He's right at 70. Uh, so he moves up uh, to the highest ranking that he's ever been in his career. So a uh, big weekend for uh, two young, uh, pretty talented guys, apparently. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk – A few more uh, leftovers, takeaways from both the Dunhill Links and the Safeway Open. But first, let's hear from this week's sponsor. It's a really fine line
0: creating did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up
1: I think we got to start with we're we're gonna stay in Scotland. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk to your guy, my guy, Rory. <laughs>
2: when I, you know what when he said this stuff off the stuff after round, I'm like, oh, here we go, really. <laughs> he uh he's
1: he's not not ha- not pleased with the uh, European Tour setups. He said, uh, you know, I, I shoot 15 under again and I'm T30 or I think he finished T26. Uh, he thinks the course setups on the European tour too easy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't enjoy, doesn't enjoy playing them. He wants it to be hard and and he's right about it being hard, be hard, hard setups, difficult courses, courses that require shot shaping. They always um, disproportionately, uh, they give a disproportionate advantage to the best players in the world. And so he, that's what he should hope for. Did you agree with the way he kind of presented this uh, right after the Dunhill links on Sunday?
2: Um, Rory's a candid guy. we know this uh, everyone knows that it. it's why we love him uh, and but there's been one or two situations where he's had the old foot and mouth syndrome afterwards. I mean, I think back to the Olympic Games statement, and there's been one or two of them, but that's why folks enjoy Rory because there's a candor about him that. That is palpable. It's palpable, really, and and I think the timing of it was wrong. Um, you know, you don't catch a guy in flash media, and then all of a sudden the frustration after a round of golf is is voiced. So perhaps he could have timed the release a bit better. But you know, his his point is well founded. Um, he he committed to playing on the PGA Tour of the full season, and it panned out with a victory uh, in the, the the FedEx Cup and of course um, the Player of the Year thing and. And to his point, you know, as a golf instructor and a golfer, I can see it. You know, course management is a big deal. Um, strategy is a big deal. Shot making, obviously. And on long, big, firm golf courses like we get at certain times of the year on the PGA Tour, look, through the summertime with summer rainfall here in the States, courses get soft and they get easy. So it, it can be a free-for-all at times. But largely, the PGA Tour courses are more difficult just because in Europe it's damp and it's wet, and you've got to set golf courses up around the wind and that sort of stuff. I mean, if the wind had to get up, we saw what happened at the at the last Open when there at St Andrews, uh, which is short, everyone knows it. The wind got up and it was unplayable, and they had to stop play. So you can't have firm and fast greens; it's next to impossible. So yeah, it's 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 six of the one and a half, a dozen of the other for me. Does he have a point? Absolutely. Um is I think more than anything else, perhaps. He's just trying to you know, vindicate his decision to committing to the PGA Tour because I'm sure, I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure he's taken a lot of grief from folks over in Europe because he's like, Rory's the man, and, and they want him back over there. And, and so he needs to sort of justify what he's done. So was the timing great? Not really. Is it true? Yes. Uh, so, so So I'm sort of sitting the fence on this thing.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You you see Rory come out against stuff that uh, <clears throat> that benefits the best players in the world, right? Like, we talked about slow play earlier this year. Like, the faster guys play, the more it benefits the best shot makers because you add more time in, and it gives guys that are lesser shot makers, uh, you know, like, they have more time to make decisions to try and hit the right shot. Like, decision-making is a skill. Anyway, um, and, and – and I think what he's talking about here, it's, it's, it's also better for him. It's better for Brooks Kepka, It's better for Dustin Johnson, all these guys. He did post uh, on Instagram on Monday, Mark. He said uh, he, kind of a mini statement. He said, I understand voicing my concerns about golf course setups in Europe to the media at a pro-am event on benign links courses wasn't the right place to do it or the right people to talk to about it. I was venting yesterday, but I can assure you it came from the right place. Strategy course management and shot making are important aspects of tournament golf that are slowly there's being slowly taken out of the game at the top level not just in europe but worldwide he's huh. right about that uh, i would personally like to see tougher setups in europe because it will produce better more complete young players in the future and that can only be a good thing for the game and our rider Ca- rider cup chances going forward
2: look he's got a good point there with the rider cup thing um but but like i said it's Golf is more than just hitting a golf ball. and I liked the fact that he observed you know for everyone listening because they're always ears, you know when Rory talks that course management and strategy are an important deal of uh, of playing good golf and and those are enhanced to your point when a, when conditions are challenging.
1: yeah, I mean we see this at the majors, right and 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 it's hard to I think sometimes it's hard to differentiate because you're like, oh, well, it's a major, sure, the leaderboard's great because all the best players are playing. Well, It's also great because those are most of the time courses that demand the best shots, right? Like we saw that at Portrush, look at that final leaderboard. It was, it was amazing. Uh, And we see it so often uh, at the open championship and the U S open and the masters and, and even at the, like the PGA this year, like it was a more difficult setup, at least in terms of score to par. So um, I, I do like I like that because it produces interesting leaderboards and I agree with him that worldwide I would like to see tougher setups as well it just becomes tough because you don't you don't want to turn everything into the US Open right like that's not good for your fans they don't want to see pars and you know bogeys be good scores it's just it, it it's hard to it's hard to marry championship golf with creating a good product for your fans
2: uh, yes, exactly right. I mean, we have the same thing at Augusta National every year. You know, when it's firm and fast and the weather's not good in springtime, people complain there's not enough roars. Uh, and, 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 you know, folks like birdies. That's just how it is. But the good players also like it when par get a score. But, you know, sometimes that, that war of attrition, like we sometimes get at the U.S. Open, that can be a grind for the fans. So it's such a tightrope that the organizers have to walk as they set golf courses up week in and week out.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um okay. Other takeaways from the weekend, uh I, I thought um I thought Zach Blair, a, a golf Twitter favorite, <laughs> uh, a yeah. favorite of the golf Twitter world. Uh his T4 was kind of sneaky at Safeway. He he opened with 75 and he closed like 66, 66, 68. That's a big deal for somebody like him. He mm. got uh basically a third of the points he needs to finish top 125 based on what last year's numbers were for the FedEx Cup, uh, and to do that before, uh, before October in this new season, that's a big deal for somebody who was on the Corn Ferry Tour last year.
2: No doubt. I mean, you talk about golf course setups. Um, Silverado is just – there's two golf courses there. The tournament course is just a gem. And it, it's, it's – you can get after it in the morning, but when the afternoon winds blow down those hills over there and the course firms up, it becomes a handful. And it's just north of 7,000 yards par 72 and so you saw an interesting leaderboard there too I mean Champ and Hadwin and Leishman it was great for me to see Leishman come back because he's a guy that withdrew a few weeks ago with uh, real back issues at the Greenbrier Charles Howell played well of course Zach Blair and JT was sort of the form guy coming in Fratelli played nice and Zigzag Zang, who I talked about in the previous podcast I mean it, it was a fun one and and It's cool to see the mix at that golf course of long and short, accurate blasters, you know, good short games and such, because I guess to Rory's point, a firmish golf course is going to, you know, going to bring out the guy who's playing the best at the time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, I think that with guys like ZB, there's only, you know, and I think he would probably, he probably has said this. There's only like eight courses where he can like really contend. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we saw him contend at Sony a couple of years ago, yeah. um, you know, uh, Harbor Town. Like there, there's just there's only Col- a handful.
2: Spaces, yep. Mm-hmm. Do it like colonial as well. Same. Yeah. deal. Just like Silverado when you get rewarded for putting the ball in play off the tee. And and I was out there. The rough wasn't punitive at all. And it was sparse. But, you know, with the greens greens, just a little firmer, if you're coming out of just one inch rough, and small greens, it's enough to you know, trip you up, and you could paper cut yourself to death. So it, yeah. it's, it's the cool place for Zach, and it was cool to see him play well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, those guys all finished top 10. Colin Morikawa sneaked down a top 10 as well. Uh, did you, did you see this? Yeah, he's amazing. Did you see this, uh, this failed driver test story on Golf Channel?
2: I saw the story. I mean, I didn't know they were testing. It was Monday and Tuesday before I got there, so that's probably why. Um, but you know, the tour had warned folks about it, so <laughs> they they're remaining true to the word. So yeah, well, we you've been ar- so well, you've been
1: around it for a long time at at a really high level, longer than I have. It, I, I, I'm I, I think I'm struggling to figure out like how big of a deal this is because it sounds like it sounds like a huge deal if people are playing equipment that's not basically fitting the the standards that that these organizations have set now some people are arguing well it doesn't create that big of an advantage well fine but any advantage it just i don't know It, it doesn't it doesn't feel like the attention that this story is getting is commensurate with how big of a deal it actually is but what are your thoughts on that
2: it is a big deal let me tell you this for free everyone listening to this anyone who plays golf you know, you got a faster driver face, than the ball goes just ten yards farther. That's almost a club closer. You you're almost a club closer to the green, and then when you're there, that one's going ten yards longer. So it's effectively a club and a half, if not two, um, difference in what you're hitting into targets, and so that en- enhances your chance of success. Just ask yeah. the shop, ask the uh, the strokes gain people. You love that sort of stuff. So mm, yeah. it's a deal and 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 it has to be watched and. I think the important thing for folks who just – the, the drive buyers, you know, with this information, this is not targeted, targeting the players. This is targeting right. manufacturers to say, hey, let's keep tabs on what's going on here because, d- look, we all know that the, the distance game right now is almost getting out of hand. So something has to be done. And starting with a driver um, – look, the golf ball needs to be addressed. We all know it's But at least starting with a driver and then enforcing it. I think is, uh, is is something that's very necessary.
1: Yeah, I do too, and I hope it. I hope it garners more attention, and that you know, I think eventually it would be good if if uh, if there was testing for everybody that's in the field. There's this sort of, the PGA Tourist sort of instituted this random testing, which is is good, and obviously it's it's producing results, which is not good, but uh, you know, I think to have it for everybody would create a, a better. A Better playing field going forward, but yeah that was uh, that was something that caught my eye that that seemed like uh, a little bit of a bigger deal than we're making it um okay, last thing, and then I gotta run mm. uh, I know you hate this game but we're gonna play it <laughs> uh, whose career okay so I love talking about this stuff uh, yeah. and and you know once I get you going, I know you do too, but whose <laughs> career are you taking going forward so this is not uh, like forget about, or try to forget about everything that they've done in terms of like, everybody's got a blank resume just from, uh, September 30th, 2019 going forward.
2: Like resume, you realize that, but anyway, go,
1: well, yeah, but this is ideal in hypotheticals, Mark. This is what we do. We just, we just <laughs> spew hypotheticals all day. This is, this is the media world. All right, cool. Go. Uh, okay. Cam champ coming off that win at Safeway Open, so you don't get to count that, but you get him going forward or Victor Hoblin.
2: That's a really good one, uh, and they're both intriguing for, in many respects. Um, there's so many reasons to like Cameron Champ but i have seen victor hovland play well on many different style golf courses yeah. we just seen him go over to the bmw and play great there he played awesome at pebble beach in, the, in a us open setup you know in college he played in stillwater where the wind can pump you know all right so 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 because of that i mean i'm saying by a nose i think victor hovland and then look th- th- there's more to it as a professional golfer Oftentimes it's the not golf stuff that earns you all the dollars. And Camp Champ is he's a stud man. But Hovland's got that million dollar smile and a real quick wit, so I think that that also pushes him over the edge for me.
1: Yeah, I like it. I, I I'm gonna go Hovland as well to the surprise of nobody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why? He's he's my guy. I I think I think if you like. Turned the screws on me and said Hovland or Wolf. I think I'd I think I'd go Hovland there too.
2: Okay, remind me when I have to pick a college team at Columbus State. I don't bring you in for the decision because you clip <laughs> your favorites.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. I am not an unbiased third party. Um, okay, this one's a little. This one will get you thinking a little bit because it, it's. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it, but the one that I thought of. So JT finishes T four at Safeway. Rory obviously does what he does at, uh, the Dunhill link. So JT or Rory just from, from right now, September 30th going forward. Who are you going? Um, I, I, I think Rory, but I I think there's definitely a, a case to be made for JT because he's, he's younger and you know, I, I, yeah. And I think that, Hungrier is the wrong word. I think Rory still, like, cares plenty and, and is hungry. But I, I think that there's a sense of, like, Rory's done a ton in the game, and JT still feels like he has a ton left to do, maybe more so than Rory. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's kind of the sense that I get. And, uh, you know, I think Rory's game overall is more complete, but I think JT is pretty close behind
2: him. Uh, you know what? You're one of my favorite writers. I-, I-, I love to listen to you. You're one of my favorite writers, Kyle. And you know that that conjunction but discounts everything that's come before it. So you-, <laughs> <laughs> you-, you made a statement about Rory, but JT, and about Rory, but. Hey, I hear you. This is a tough one. I- I'm going to go with Rory just because all in sundry, and I think even Justin Thomas, who I have massive respect for. I've called him shooting 59. I've had my own two eyes on this guy winning events out there on the golf course. And and he is good. He's like special generational good. But you ask any player in the locker room on the PGA Tour who's the most talented golfer out here, they would all say McIlroy. And he's young. He's fit. I think he's got life in order with his five Ps, you know, the perspective and the patience and all this sort of stuff. Rory has... Rory has graduated to McElroy 2.0, and I think the four majors that are on the resume, that's great. I, I think he's figured out who he needs to be for the next you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years, whatever it is, uh, and, uh, and I feel like he's going to have a really good time of it over the, uh, over the next few years.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay, last one, and I'll go first on this one as well. Tommy Fleetwood or Colin Morikawa? And uh, I will go... I'll,
2: this is this is hard, too.
1: Uh, I'll go with Morikawa just because he's so much younger. You know, Fleetwood's, what, 28, 29, something like that.
2: Oh, he's over the hill. My goodness gracious me.
1: Yeah, he's, he's almost a grandfather, I think, actually. Uh, uh, look. But, yeah, Morikawa is – I think Morikawa's special. I, I mean, I think – Look, Mark. I, I think we're gonna look back on this on this trio, this Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf trio, and be like, wow. Like we even un- like as much as we hype them up and talked about them. Like I think there's a scenario in which we underrated how good each one of them is gonna be.
2: Hey, you you know that sometimes I've, you've joked about it and, and you make a statement, and I remember that. And you would say, well, that's a tweet that's not gonna age well. Well, I <laughs> want to remember what you've just said because you're talking about those three guys. Don't forget Sung JM. Don't forget Sanjay M, whatever yeah. you do, because right? uh, there's a real, real good young uh, breed of players in the tour right now. Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, Marikawa is great, but I'm going with Fleetwood on this one just because he plays on two tours. Yeah. And so, as a result, you know, Marikawa is basically playing on the PGA Tour. And not that the golfers in Europe are not great, but the PGA Tour is where everyone wants to play. Case in point, Rory McIlroy. So week in and week out in all the big events, which Marikawa I expect, will be playing because of just his game. You know, I think Fleetwood has more chances. And, and he's already won a race to Dubai. The way he plays over there, he's going to have that sort of stuff as well. He's a global type. And, and, and I think because he's the global golfer, not because of – this is not a dollars and cents and, and a physical skill deal. I'm just going with Tommy because he plays globally.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I look. There's no wrong answer on any of these three, but I, I do think it's fun to talk about. It's fun to uh, just kind of project and and uh, figure out where these guys are going to be in five years, ten years, even next year. I, I think it's difficult to do. So,
2: uh, and um, then you come up at the next event, and Cam Champ comes up and is like, "Dude, seriously?" Yeah. Oh, well, when I ask him for an interview, he's like, "No, remember when?" I was like, "Ah." Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, that's great stuff. Okay, Mark, uh, that's all we got for today. I will be back uh, with a special guest pending uh, his uh, acceptance of my invitation to, uh, to preview Vegas later in the week. So uh, be looking for that. Mark, we will catch you next week, and uh,
2: we will talk soon. All right, brother. Take care.
3: See ya, bro. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time.